Welcome back. What's a day in the life of David fucking Portnoy? It, it, it really varies the season. So like right now, football is an important part. Um, but I wake up, I try to do the David Day Trader from about 9.20 to 10. 9, what time do you get up at? Uh, probably like 7, 8, depends on when I go to bed. Okay. It, because it depends on like... Towards the weekend, I'm watching football and I'm doing that. So, do you check your email in your bed with on your phone? Yes, all the time. That's a problem. I gotta like put it away and I'll start we're, check we're checking like, like stocks. No, not really text. But the problem with the stock market, I had so much in it. Once it opened at like six a.m. or whatever, I'm like, I can't put it down. Where do you check it in the Trade Zero app? Or yes. Okay. Yep. So I do that. Then I come to the office. Uh, you know, the middle of the week, we're just recording, recording, recording. It's football shows, football shows, podcasts. Do you get anxiety when you're recording and not being able to check your email throughout it? No, nope, not really. Any urgent like? No, if I, if I, we record very differently. So if I want to check it, I'll check it. Like I don't care about that. Uh, week and then Thursday or Wednesday, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, I go to Philadelphia and I'll be there till either Sunday night or Monday morning, betting on sports, promoting the app. And in between, there's meetings of all sorts of things. So, Are you cool with doing the commute thing right now? Yeah, I don't mind. It's like an hour on the train. It's pretty easy. Got it. And you're, um, you're single right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're not like, look at me like, do you want to have kids? Like, do you? I mean, I, I would have kids for, with the, you know, if the situation was right. But it's not something I'm like, wake up. It's like, oh, time to have kids. I'm getting old. I don't think like that. You don't think like that? Very day, one day at a time. Yeah. Now, this going to a gambling question. I know it's fresh, but the Buffalo Bills, Arizona huh. Cardinals game, was that the worst gambling loss of your life or it was? I've had bad ones, but I can't recall anything quite like that recently. Uh, and it was almost double because I had the money line, not the spread, which I thought about when I placed the bet. Um, but uh, it, it was about a 25, 30 grand difference if the Bills won the game versus if they covered. And it was the spread was three. So I'm like, you know what? I think the smart move here is to go money line. And obviously it wasn't by the way it ended. It's unreal. It was like 98% to be over, like the percent. Well, was a, I mean, it was, it was an unbelievable play. It's a play on that. The, the benefit, once the money aspect goes away, I, I'm part of history. In a negative way, I'll never forget it, ever. Never. Do you have any superstitions when it comes to gambling? Do you wear like the same underwear? I have a million superstitions, but they're all on the fly. There's nothing I go into the game, but like we have a new guy from um, Mississippi, Ben Mintz, who's a super nice guy, and I fucking hate him right now because he changed the channel on Sunday of a game I was winning. It was UCLA. Uh, UCLA, who are they playing? Cal. And I had the over, it was 27-7, he changed the TV and they didn't score the rest of the game and it ruined my whole day. And I legit hate him because of that. So I do have superstitions. Okay, I got it. Um, what do you think, well you bet, I think you said an anonymous a Michigan alumni. You bet on um, uh, Wisconsin to beat Michigan, was that your anonymous Michigan? Okay, maybe not. Maybe, but, yeah, maybe not. We don't, yeah, we don't have to, but what would the Davey, day trader, day, what would you, what's your, what's, what should Michigan do? We, this is what we want here. What should Michigan do because. You gotta get rid of Harbaugh and I'm, I was a Harbaugh guy and I was defending him for a long time. And, and really when it changed was not this loss to Wisconsin, it was the year before. They got just absolutely embarrassed in. in um, Ohio State? No, by Wisconsin in oh, yeah. Madison. It was 28 nothing at halftime. And we've become a less version. Like, if you want to just get blown out by Ohio State every year, fine. That's Ohio State's a premier program. It was the opposite when we were there. But 
when you've literally become just a mid-rung team, it can't get worse. So you got to get rid of them. You know, we interviewed a guy, Pat Hill, who I would love to go there, old Fresno State coach, Deion Sanders, who we do stuff with. I don't think he'd go to warm weather. I think he'd be awesome. I think he's going to be an awesome Division One coach at some point. And I like the Coastal Carolina coach. But you got to get rid of Harbaugh. Got to get rid of him. And there's no way in a million years that Urban Meyer would go there, right? I have no idea. I mean, if you paid him enough money, I think he's a scumbag. So he's, you know, potential to do anything. Okay. I mean, Luke Fickle is another name. I, yeah. I don't know that he'd ever go there. Yeah, no, that would be. It's it's a interesting. I mean, they have such good talent. The player, they're good. They're Do good they? Players. Oh well. So when they, when they high school, they say four stars. I don't know. I mean, I saw a stat they showed during the last game that in the Lloyd Carr era, like twenty five skill position draft picks in the NFL, and under Harbaugh, they have like eight. So I mean, yeah, that's okay. a huge drop off. You were there for national championship though. I was. Did you go? Fake. Well, shared, right? I mean, it was shared. It wasn't. Okay. It wasn't. In the yeah. way they do it now, where it's one, they they should have won because Nebraska tied and they just. Yeah. But it wasn't, you know, the BCS Bowl yeah, where yeah. you go play. Did you go on the field? No. Did you go on the field at all? Like no. the Michigan? No, I was State? a nobody. I, I mean, how would I ever get on the? I, I went know, on the they, field they to like the field. They re- everyone rushed the field. And we beat at home at the Ohio State. I think. No, I didn't. I no? think I may have even sold that ticket. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have the. You're, you, 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 well, go ahead. What are you going to say? Well, I think it was home. That was like Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. You know, you're friends with Tom Brady, right? Like friends is a word I would describe. He may say acquaintances, but yes. Yeah, but if so, if Tom Brady saw you, he's like, hey, Dave. yeah, he knows. Uh, he'd say hello to me. Okay. Yes, this is a true story. Tom Brady cried in tears to my friend, to me, and to other friends. I thought it was a dream that I had, and then one day, like four years ago, we discussed it, and we all remember it. We were sitting outside Steve's backroom pizza. I don't know if it was a game we lost Wisconsin or Ohio. Yeah. When we were in school, he was. All the players went into Rick's downstairs. Yeah. Tom Brady was out Steve's backroom, sitting on the little park bench. You know that little picnic bench. Yeah. He sat there like in tears that they lost the game to us. I should have known then that with that kind of passion. What do you mean they lost the game to we, us? Michigan lost to, I oh, don't oh, know which oh. game it was. It was in 98. It was in 98, I think. I don't that know sounds like a story you're saying is true and you got four people believe it, but it sounds unbelievable. I know. Because why, to be a Rex t- late, that late I want to talk to Tom Brady about it so bad because it had, me, this guy Dave and Jeff, we literally, he sat outside. He didn't go to Rick's. The players went to Rick's. He was outside Steve's back room sitting on a picnic bench in tears after they lost this big game. Sounds like a story I would call bullshit. Okay, who knows? I don't know. I want want, want to ask him. All right, uh, how does someone get your attention if they want a job at Barstool? Got to be creative. Uh, You know, I I remember... What's the craziest thing that someone done? I mean, YP, our outdoors guy, drove... Well, he made a rap video on YouTube, and it looked like he, he mimicked... To the T, so our office, the way I talked. He had my shirts, the background, and it was it, it was. He put it on our on. We have a Reddit page where people go bananas. He put it on the Reddit page. I think it made its way to me. I commented on it. He jumped in a car from St. Louis with a bunch of exotic animals. Um, that caught my attention. It's almost That's unbelievable. I tr- and, and you know we've had a whole different way. Like Coach Duggs, who we just hired, um, was. A imaginary coach that Dan Big Cat was playing EA Sports College football and made this guy up. Coach Duggs happened to look like the fake character and started going to the different stadiums. Like if Dan was playing the video game like Tennessee versus USC, Coach Duggs would go to USC and pretend he was the coach and do press conferences. That caught our attention. So it's just being it. it most people are like, hey, trust me, I'm funny. I want to work there. It's like, well, join the club, dude. Get to, You have to somehow be creative. And just showing up, a lot of people think that means just showing up 
outside my house, outside the office, just showing up and I'm gonna interview, that's not how it works. You have to be unique. You have to be creative without being like pushy. Suckers. Yeah, right. It's, it's a fine line. It's a it's fine line. Because the other part is like they do that crazy like that thing that the guy was saying they put on Reddit. But how does he? How did he get you to discover the rap? I mean, that's awesome. It, and it took a while. It's is you just got to be creative. I remember when I started Barstool, I said I would get back to every single person who emailed me. Obviously, I don't even check my email now. It's just like uh, was, too much. Was your attitude like? Some people didn't give you the opportunity. Yes. You want, that's a, my, I wanted to work at a hedge fund. And I said, if I ever get this business successful, I will always get back. But the thing is, if someone emails three bullet points, how they can help impact the outcome or whatever, then you're way more apt, you know? Correct. You probably it, get emails that are like... We, the number one thing we get is just, trust me, I'm funny. It's my dream job. But like, that does no good. And the beauty of where we are now, the internet... You don't need me to prove it. Like, go prove it without us and show the results. Right, right, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah. how are we going to help? So many people are like, I'll kill it. I have so many ideas. Well, go do it. Like, you, yeah. you, why do you have to be with us to do it? You don't have a video camera. You can't yeah, do so, it. So that's that's the easiest job resume. Right. So I, I did it, and I want to be with you. Okay, all right. A couple last few. I know how the, how the President Tr Trump interview come about, but and then what was the coolest, what's the coolest experience of your life? So Trump? I was in Nantucket, I take, that's my month I take off, July, and I got a call, it was Wednesday, late Wednesday, and they're like, hey, Donald Trump wants you to come interview him in the Rose Garden. And I was like, what? And the interview was the next day. I've never interviewed anybody, but it was the President of the United States, so I was like, all right, if, if this is really how, I didn't really believe it. Um, turned out, after he did that, that was part of his strategy, he was doing a lot of things with like internet people, but I was kind of a first, so um, that was super cool. Coolest experience, you know, lately, so when I sold to Churnin, they asked me two business influences, and I said Rob Deerdick, who I thought turned just skateboarding into a lifestyle brand and multiple vehicles. I'd like to meet him actually one day. And the other was Jimmy Buffett, who Jimmy Buffett, I was a gigantic parrot head, still am. Like in high school, I dressed the car as a shark, go to the concerts. Lately, I did a Zoom with him, probably during COVID, well, during COVID, someone asked me to host a benefit, and it was there. And I was like, "All right, host it. What is it?" And it was the the artists were um, Kygo, Tiesto, and I'm like, "Okay, okay." And then like Jimmy Buffett. So I'm like, "All right, I'm in. Don't say anymore." This thing never happened, the concert, but I did do a Zoom with Jimmy, and I got to talk to him for 20. And now we kind of stay in contact. Like he sent me an email the other day, and it's surreal because he's been like my guy growing up. And then whenever someone asks like, who would you want to meet? I'd always be like, Jimmy Buffett. Like, that's amazing. He's, so that has been surreal for me. That's, that's, no, that's, that's And awesome. his emails, by the way, write like his songs. They're long and like storytelling-ish. It's like wild. And you read them off. Oh yeah. Yeah, you, oh, must, yeah. you love it. He <laughs> could tell me like, I'm very aware of when people are trying to get like free advertising or do this. And sometimes he's like promoting out. He could tell me like, hey, I need you to do a Jimmy Buffett takeover for free just because I said something, okay, done. Were you into rap when you were younger too, though? No, like, not, not huge. So it wasn't like, okay, but you were into Jimmy Buffett. Huge Jimmy Buffett. Was your dad into it? Uh, no, Him? not really. I just, before I, <laughs> the two business, I was either gonna go the business route in my brain or to an island and be like a bartender and take it easy. I obviously went the business route, but his entire like shtick of like the beach, beach bum music and all that just resonated with me. Okay, got it. And that was before college and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I know you said you would never really consider it, but that shirt, the hat, is kind of you know running for president with Elon Musk. Um, I know you said you would never want to be president, but if if something came push came to shove, 
and Elon Musk came to you and whatever, would you? I would do it as a publicity stunt. I would never follow through and want to be president. Never. What about vice president, Elon president? No, no. I would never. I it, there, what, you know, I, I asked Trump this question, like you seemingly had a pretty good life and nobody like hated you before you ran for president. Now you're like the most despised human by a lot of people in the world. Like, what is it worth it? For me, it's not worth it. Like, why? I want to enjoy my life. There's nothing that seems like enjoyable. And I am not some philanthropist, or I butchered that word, but I am not some guy who's like, I want to exist, at least not now, for the betterment of mankind. I want to exist for the betterment of Dave Portnoy and people who are important to Dave Portnoy. And if I don't know you, I don't really have some human need to, like, I'm into my thing right now. Totally get it. I totally get it. Now, I know we talk about Dance with the Stars, but what about The Bachelor? Did they ever come and approach you? I, they have not. I'm friends with Chris Harrison. I wouldn't do that. I would do that with one exception, and I'm still, and it's probably too much anyways, I am super close with my ex, and I wouldn't want her to have to see any of that. So even though I joke and talk, I still try to keep my private life private, and that's a Isn't big that reason. Isn't so why. hard for you though? Because it like, is hard. The, but I mean, if you DMs, look, yeah. if you look, it, it's not really out there. It like, is not. You know, it, it's not. Yeah. Um, but you, you and your ex-wife are like best friends. Correct. I, I find that more common these days. I mean, I don't. We're know. We're very friendly. Yeah. That's... And she was with me from day one, so it's like I probably trust her more than any other person who exists. Got it. Yeah. So, so that's why you don't want to be out there. Um, yeah, because it's still weird. Like I won't want to see her necessarily like all over TV dating somebody. Okay. Last few, I promise, but the, uh, if you play, um, well, do you think you could hit a major league uh, baseball pitcher? I know you're a baseball If guy. you let me age aside, I don't know how much my like reflexes and skills have changed, but if you let me prepare for it, like get back in the swing and playing baseball, yes. Okay. If you played LeBron 101, would you score? No. He's, no, no chance. What about Roger Goodell? Would I score on him in 101? Yes, 100%, yes. Um, you still do not like both of them? Do you not like? They're very different. LeBron's never acknowledged my existence, and it's a lot of it. I just read stuff. I don't know him at all, and it's a Celtics yep. rivalry. If he turned around, I was like, I like Barcelona. I'd be like, I like you too, LeBron. Goodell's yeah. far more personal. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know that he'd ever say that. You know, I, I won that charity auction that he backed out of. Would have been interesting. That was probably one of the best. I mean, that's you don't stop. You always have these moves. Like it's like you're always yeah. playing chess or playing like he's easy to play chess. Worse, you know, if Goodell was probably put his arm around me like, yeah, you that clown shirt. I like it. I'd probably like him too. Okay. okay. Now a uh, couple uh, Jim Jim Cramer. What what do you say about Jim Cramer? I love Jim. So Jim and I have a, a legitimate friendship. He took me. Uh, like I went to the Eagles Patriots game in his box. Um, I think he's brilliant. I think he's a trailblazer, uh, and, and you know I'm a huge fan of his. I think he's like one of the most impressive guy. Work ethic gets up at three freaking. He's in the morning. exactly how he is on TV in person. Like a mile a minute talking, genuine, nice, nice guy. And there isn't a ton of people that I would say I would go to for advice. Or I truly like consider myself now a friend with. I've met through this. He's one of them. Like I truly like him. I went in my email from way back, back in the day before Jim Cramer had his own show. He was on a show with Cudlow, Larry Cudlow. Yep. Cudlow. 
I emailed into like, this is me being like my early 20s. I emailed into CNBC, can Jim Cramer please have his own show? Can Jim Cramer please have his own show? He had a, he had a radio show at the time. And like he was, to me, the Trailblazer. Trailblazer. I mean, Mad Money is a trailblazing show. 100%. And he should have had it years in advance. Yeah. And I, he, I just listened to a story from him. And he was like, the old CEO didn't want him to have his own show. I didn't think of people. It's like you. I think you're a trailblazer and you should have you should be on your, you should have a TV network. Like the bar still should be on TV. And people, I don't, the series satellite. I mean, hopefully there's, that deal's where you worked out. Yeah, you know, TV, a lot of it, people are afraid of. And it's no different than our deal probably with why it didn't happen with FanDuel DraftKings. We are different. Will say things that could get you in hot water. So nobody wants to be the person who made the. If you can just do the norm and stay with the playbook, you're not going to get in trouble. If you go with us, whether it be average, whatever, the ceiling is much higher, but there's also a little bit of risk. So that's like TV. Imagine me on a stock show. I it, I'd kill it. It would be by far the number one show. I but. Mean, People are concerned. I mean, I was almost annoyed with your morning show because I had to sit there. I'm trying to grow Benzinga, and I had to watch you. People are like, you have a, we have a phone call. I'm like, I can't do it. So it was like 9.30. This is on top of when you first started. Right, right. You were on, like, and it was the best. It, it, was, that, it, it was the best. Right. And you were using that Periscope. I didn't know why you were using Periscope. Why didn't you put it on your own website? But maybe you have a deal. I don't know. But no, like, the Periscope would go to the website. Okay. And it was kind of off the cuff. But it was the best. Like, yeah. if you think about viewership and eyes and eyeballs, you attracted eyeballs. Right. Like, I mean, you yep. would say, and then you'd go, and then Stuart Varney, you'd say, I'm going to be on Stuart Varney for this. And they bring in a performance, but they didn't ask like the... No, he went, he, like, I haven't been on since. I was on that show a lot beforehand. And then he asked me to come on. I assumed it was going to be the stock because of the stock show. He didn't even ask me about the stocks. I said to him, like, this is wildly insulting. So you know... <laughs> So you did say that. You know when you meet a celebrity, it's the only memory you have for them for a long time. So if you meet it, it's like you meet you're a right. celebrity. You're so when people meet you, if that one time you meet them and you're in a bad mood, they're gonna remember that forever. Right. Yep. At University of Michigan, Stuart Varney came to speak at some Jack Welsh was there. Yep. And he was one of the things. So I'm in one of these rooms, I snuck into the VIP room at Jack Welsh, and Stuart Varney did, did one of these to me. I was so excited to meet him. I'm this like 19-year-old kid, yep. right? And I go talk to him, and he's like, just wait just wait right there. You know one of those things, and you wait right yeah, there, yeah. and, they, and he goes, I'll be right back. And they don't come back. You never get back. I just, I just stayed there. Yeah. I'm, I'm still sitting there. Yeah. And that's all I think about. I see Stu Varney. He, he blew I, me I've off of that. liked him. I, I have really liked him every time I met, but I've started busting his balls because then he, he equated me to like a taxi cab driver too. But I do like Stuart. Yeah, well, he still tells me to wait right there. I'm still fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. waiting. I don't know what to say. All right, there was what there was. Oh, I almost missed. I almost missed this. Now Mike Groon would have kicked my ass. So what do you think about this Mike Groon guy? And this you're you're going to this younger audience he, now. He's but. one of the most off-putting, obnoxious, but successful people. I've I'm starting to, he's starting to grow on me. But he's got the sway house, and he's in this TikTok world. I didn't know what to make of this dude when I first met him. I'm like, this guy is a piece of work. But what I like about Mike Ruin is starting, he'll own it. He's like, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. That's how I am. Um, so, you know, I st we're trying to stay relevant. Barcel always tries to stay relevant. I think the biggest compliment, or if I'm, like, patting myself on the back, the greatest thing Barcel's done is we've been legit, cutting edge, and relevant, and cool for almost two decades so hard to do that Unreal. and we have to continue to do that in this TikTok thing it's like all right what the hell's going on here so the opportunity for me to get involved in that world presented itself i'm now doing it the show is more successful than i thought it was going to be faster than i thought Wait, it was the show be. bff yeah bffs yep the morning brew guy do you know them yep he he tweeted like i don't know what i'm doing he's like this is the worst of the i don't know which one did it but i saw it i keep mental notes and i don't really care but it was but i do keep 
I do carry. But yes. some people try to do it to agitate to get a response, or you may. I didn't respond to it, like sure. on the thing. But he's like, "This is the worst one. It'll. It's by far the most successful, which I knew it would be. But yeah, Gruen is the one who set that all up, and he's an interesting, interesting cat. Yeah, and one it, of the more interesting people, and I can't tell positively or negatively that I've met in a while. Yeah. No, I. I told you how I met him earlier. I Are told you friends you, with him? I met him at, at Salt, at Anthony Scaramucci's uh, event. Like he always is pushing political people on me. It's like, dude, yeah. I don't want to talk politics. And, he pro- and, and then, yeah, and I met him, and I, was, I saw him. He was talking to Mark Cuban, and he was like... And, He's an... Uh, I don't uh, think you can meet Gruen without forming a strong opinion one way or the other. But... He has the, like, he's backing up a lot of what he says. He's just an interesting dude. And he loves Bitcoin. He, <laughs> you think? Oh, my, uh, yeah, so he loves, okay. So then, you, Josh Richards, you, you went out there, you did, the, you did the video without your shirt on. Yep. Which was freaking hilarious. It went viral, and you already have a million point six TikTok followers in, like, under six months. Yeah, I mean, so TikTok has been growing fast. It's either, I can't grow on Instagram. They've, they've shadow banned. Oh, they take you. The so second they, I did anything, well, I don't know how they do it. Some people say it's an algorithm and they just search the entire internet and there's a lot of bad shit on me on the internet. Stuff that if I read, I'd be like, oh, this guy's fucking Hitler. It's all written from like a small group of people who fucking hate me. And there's like some group that like tries like to call you. the spins of the world, basically. Yeah, and, and why? Why are they? I, I, I have no idea. They're crazy. I mean, I used to think they're not crazy, well, but they I, are. I go with the notion that everyone's a hater, but then are like you know when, you, when, they, when they're jealous or something. It, it's a combo, and, and I honestly think like Trump broke people's brains. Like people, almost everybody who hates me, if you go five tweets deep, it's somehow political. And I, I yeah. always say it, we're we're just trying to be like funny and interesting. And like people are always surprised when it's like my dad fucking hates Trump more than anyone in the U. Like yeah. people have this vibe of me that I'm some big Republican, yeah, or and like a crazy like conservative. It's just not true. I would personally guarantee if Joe Biden called you to go to the interview, you'd be there in five seconds. Five seconds. That's what's so it's so messed it, up. It, it's not even. And we've tried. We reach out, CNBC, anything, but it's a crazy world. So um, that's I think a lot of where it stems from and they take things like for a while it, I could be my worst enemy because we get into these disputes and there was one female journalist in particular at Deadspin at the time who I think is legitimately Looney Tunes. I always give this preface. She wrote an article, Drew Brees broke the passing record and the, her, his two sons on the field, the mother's holding the daughter, and Drew just is caught on mic saying, see boys, you, if you set your mind to it, you can do anything. She wrote a hit piece saying, how did he not say that to his daughter? That to me is an, a lunatic thing. So this girl wrote a million negative things about me. And they weren't just like, I don't like what he says about this. They were like personal, like uh, how could anybody marry him? His wife, ex-wife must think or something to that effect. He's an angry, like snivelly raisin. Over and over, I didn't get mad. It's like, okay, I kind of actually like this. She's like talking how we do. She's in the arena. So I finally addressed it. And I put a clip from Seinfeld, which I know you must be a Seinfeld guy. And it's George Costanza. Any woman who hates me this much comes around once in a lifetime. So I put the clip. I'm like, she hates me so much. I want to date her. And they turn that into like, I'm sexually harassing her. And then when they do that, I, I double down. I'm like, oh, that just makes me like you more. So it's almost like two different worlds. It's like, how are you taking what I'm saying seriously when it's so clearly a joke? And by the way, she talked about me a hundred times before I said it. So, you know, but 
it spirals. And the same people write those articles and they lead to more articles. And, you know, I'm trying to get better with it and only get involved when it really, really matters because we have this deal with Penn. Like AOC, who was another one, politician, who in my mind, like we did the whole union thing was a huge, huge deal. And to me, it was very much a joke here at Barstool. Like unions, I basically like, oh, they're gonna create, like to what you said, I work my ass off. I give these people jobs, they fire unions, I'll break it in two seconds. Said off the cuff, and it was like Deadspin did a union. I'm like, well, if you're talented, you don't need a union in this space because you can just go somewhere else. Became a huge thing. AOC jumped into it. I, was, I didn't even really know who she was. I'm like, oh, this is going to go viral. This is a click. So I got involved. But it became a big thing when we did the pen deal is don't get in arguments with government officials because they ultimately gambling commissions all this shit. So AOC, almost as a test from God, right before... The pen deal was about to be done. She tweeted at me again, and I just bit my tongue and ignored it. It was almost like Jay Snowden, the CEO of Penn, somehow orchestrated it to be like, all right, he says he's not going to do it. Let's test him because that was... And you bit your tongue. I bit my tongue. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, okay. Um, now, these are the final ones. Nelk Boys, you were in California. Anything coming with the Nelk Boys? We'd like to work with them. They, they have really... They've I mean, blown up. Those guys are freaking hilarious. I mean, yep. they it's are, an interesting group. They've blown up. They've blown up. I've watched them for like, uh, pranks are good. Not know. my cup of tea for content, yep. but they've blown up. Yeah, I mean, they... Um, they Young. Went, they went on Trump's plane. Yep, yeah, they everybody. Went, they, that's they, that's they, when Trump like, was doing everything. Trump wanted to do another pizza review. You know. He did something with, uh, not Clay, but the other guy. Uh, another... Uh, who's his buddy there? I forget. Dana White. I mean, they were everywhere. No, but their audience is young, but yes. Okay. And um, how, do you ever get anxiety? Do you ever get anxiety? Like, do you ever, you know, you have so many people that rely on you or whatever. Does that become a thing? I get like mad. But when you started the company, you didn't have money. Were you freaking out? Yes, much more so. I thought the company was going to go out of business. when we did a concert tour, like yeah, that's so you got anxiety then. Yes, it's like because I my personality. It's like we did one concert tour, very successful. I reinvested it, put a lot of money into it, bought all these arenas. I was four walling concerts basically, so I, I was in each venue for maybe two hundred quarter million, and we weren't selling tickets. And it's like if I'm held to have to pay all this, we're done. They let you out with penalties. We lost money. It didn't go under. Now. Financially, I think I'm pretty secure, but I still, I get, the thing, I'm a tenacious, and not to be like, hey, buy pen stock because I'm a pen holder, but if I was somebody, I am a tenacious, tenacious, I hate my competitors. I fucking hate them. And that's what motivates me more than anything, not even winning or anything. I want to make people like suffer who passed on us. So. Uh, and I don't hate them. Like I said, I like the FanDuel guys. I do. But I want to make them rue that decision like forever. Right, I'm so maniacal. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I, I, my favorite clip is like Brady and the Brady Six when he's like crying about the people who yeah. who passed over him. Like the, I have that. I think he was crying when he was talking to me outside. Yeah, right? <laughs> it Maybe based on that. It's like the, the champagne bottles in my office, the enemy names. It's fucking sweet. It's just that is what. I said it at HBO. It's like what motivates me is every single fucking person is like, nope, nope. And I don't care that we've gotten bigger because we're in a bigger field. So like Ross Gerber, not that he believes it, but like the people like, oh, Penn stock sucks and this is like, all right, well, you're on the scorecard. 
Yep. It's like a happy Madison, the list of people. Were you in school? Like, was it people told you no that you couldn't get stuff, and like it made you want to like when they told, they told my parents I never able to read in first grade. Yeah, and so like were you is that like was the thing? No. Okay, it wasn't that. No. It was just now you just. You want to prove all the haters wrong, or people yeah. have to pass on you. It's, it's just a mentality. How many tw- DMs do you get a day? Instagram, Twitter, or is it tons? Is it? Uh, I have. You don't check it. No, I do check it because what's changed? What's changed over the course of time? Like, what separated Barstool when we started was we would get content nobody else had because we had loyal fans with videos, and so the, it, the first thing people would. Send it to us for uh, tips at Barstool, email. I checked email fanatically. Then it moved to Facebook, people with messages. Now Instagram is how people send, like, pizza places, weird videos. So I do check it, but it's it's hard to keep up. Like, if every single time I press refresh, this is, it, if I press refresh, look at the messages, say there's 10 of them, and I press refresh again 20 seconds later, there's another 10. It's just, oh my God. It's so, nonstop. So, you, so don't you get anxiety to look at all that shit? No? I mean, I just scroll through quick and if something catches okay. like right. the head. All right, last question. Yep. Okay, this is the hour and a half interview. Thank you so much yeah, for no spending problem. time. You're the fucking man. Um, the last question is tell us one thing or something that no one knows about Dave Portnoy if you could think of it. I, tr- I think the people who don't like me, for them, I'm probably one of the more misunderstood people there. Like, there is, it's ironic that the people who fucking generally hate me, I feel like if you laid out how they look at the world, I tend to be closer with how they look at the world than the enemies, but they hate me so much, and it makes me hate them too, but yeah, it's, um, I, I, everything I do is an open book, so those would be the people, like the, the people who don't like me just have no clue who I am. Got it, and they just don't. And they don't want to seek to understand. They don't. They don't and, read you know. into it. Yeah, because yeah, when you like, you know, whatever, like, and you just have to read in, read into it, and understand the story. It's one of my favorite quotes I use a lot, which is still like the New York Times, New York Magazine. I forget who it was. Did a big story on us, and the guy who came in was doing it on PMT. When PMT, not that it has changed, it was really blowing up, and everyone's like, "What the fuck?" It's the number one podcast in the country. Yep. And he came in doing it on them, and it ended up being a much larger piece on Barstool when he saw there was way more. Like when PMT first launched, there were people who, like didn't even know it was part of Barstool. They're like getting introduced to Barstool, but he did a story. And he had a quote, and he's like, all my friends, he didn't like me, and he may have changed a little bit, but he's like, all my friends who I consider Northeast, liberal, highly educated people, when I ask them if they like Barstool, they're all like, yeah, we love it. And he's like, I'm stunned by that. And then I ask him, how could you like it? And they're like, well, we've been following it for like 15 years, so we know who he is. So I feel like anybody who has watched the story, has watched what we've done, sees how we react in serious situations versus not serious situations. Generally, like, they're pretty good guys. And Howard Stern kind of followed the same thing. People hated him at first and then and like then loved him. And I think that's... Even true. like the Erica hiring, which I still hear you hired her because it's a woman. It's a blatant lie. Mm-hmm. I'll never prove it to the people who don't believe it, but it's like, we interviewed 70 men. I met her by accident. We hit it off. Yeah. It had nothing to do with it. We had a female website before anyone knew who we were. It's still alive with Jenna Marbles, one of the great YouTube stars now. I hired her out of a tanning salon, and we're like, hey, you're good. Paid her just as much as the guys, and broke off. We had Barstool Sports and Stula La. Stula La, we would post a pretty girl, she'd post a hot guy. There is, like, when people like your sex is like, you just hired Erica to show that you have women. It's like, well, how do you explain what we did before anyone knew who we were? The only reason uh, Jenna doesn't work here is she blew up and became a major star. Yeah. How, we helped her. How is that? You built, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, it, you know, people were 
Misunderstood by the people who hate us. No, and 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 Eric, yeah, and I reached out to the banker that introduced you to Erica. The, what's her? The someone connected you at a coffee shop or something. Yeah, uh, uh, Betsy Morgan. I wrote her when I heard. I wrote her like. You know, Even Mike so, Kearns, I had on my podcast. He forgot. Yeah, he he, said he, he thought. He I was thought, like, "What are you crazy?" Because you know, Betsy's been involved with a lot of these media yeah. companies, and so you've people, you know, it was crazy. Yeah. I was like, "What are you talking about, Kearns? Yeah. That's not out at all how it yeah. happened." Well, congrats, man, on Thank what you, you built. You, it's quite an honor to be here with, with you guys, and this this place is freaking amazing. From your basement to this.